0: From communication platform at communicationplatform.org. That's www.communicationplatform all one word dot Um, let's see, part three for our human trafficking series to see what our local leaders around the world from Asia to Africa to the Middle East to Latin America, all around the world are doing, and things they've shared with us and things that we're teaching them as it's a two-way bidirectional street. Of productivity because we need to be productive and getting results in this area. This is probably one of the most important, horrible problems to fix in the world. It is definitely. Um, And so, going through our action list, uh, I think we'll pick it up at our mental health screening. And uh, the mental health screening, there are a couple separate um, NGOs and nonprofit uh, foundation organizations that are that have put out some really good stuff uh, open to the public and uh, the mental health screening uh, piece. I'm not going to go through that part in detail. I would just say that um, there is an entire section in our um, screening, intervening and preventing child soldiers. Cause a lot of the, a lot of the, you know, stuff for community detection and prevention and, you know, reintegration for child soldiers, just as a side note, um, does overlap for children uh, into um, child trafficking. So there, there is definitely some overlap there. And so uh, that mental health screening out of that child soldier section is, is quite uh, efficient and very effective. And just, I'll, I'll leave it at that. You can go to the child soldier section for, for that. And uh, next, medical screening, same thing. Um, you know anybody involved in human trafficking uh you should assume there could be you know issues of rape and sexual abuse um uh whether that by the way, whether that's true, whether it's for labor or as a sex worker um that could happen so that's an important side note and so all men, women, children, young, and old need to be tested for all sexually transmitted diseases um and that you can i mean that's easy enough to go through in most clinics and uh lo- most local clinics they'll know how to do that but also there's a there's a whole um thing on on vaccine protection and screening for all the std stuff in our medical resource guide which is also available at communicationplatform.org uh the medical resource guide is another giant undertaking of m- multiple doctors and nurses that work and volunteer with us, um, contributing to that document. Uh, next safe home and shelters. So sometimes, unfortunately there are people who are solo, whether they are even from children to teenagers to young adults that were uh, trafficked and now brought back, reintegrated to the local community. And there is no home for them. There's no house for them um whether it's in their actual community or in nearby neighboring community there needs to be some kind of a safe house um that's something that you have to work with municipal local government on um for child soldiers by the way if you're in the business of working with child soldiers and trying to you know fix that problem they call them reception centers make it sound very politically correct and proper but it, it, these are really just safe places safe spaces um for these victims and so um, there's going to be at least several weeks of transition, so. Um, and of course, these should be off-the-book locations so that those who are the kidnappers and involved in the trafficking don't actually know where they are. Okay. Legal law, local policy. This one is a mouthful. Because um, you need to know, and again, this is where your university professors, your nearby university professors will have probably the best bet at um being able to uh, dissect what the local laws on the books are and how they're getting um followed if they if followed at all again you, your university professors of your universities are going to be your best friends for this section to understand and answer these questions but as a community leader the questions you need to ask them and ask yourself are First off, because first off, it's a big, wide, ugly world out there, are there even local or state laws in your area or even federal laws at the na- na- national level to address human slavery and sex slavery and child trafficking? Uh, next, you need to ask if there's no specific laws to go ahead and um, just n- to know that you need to take action into your own hands because if there is nothing on the books specific enough, you need to go ahead and create an interest group, and you know, especially if it's in your area of your country, like in your region, your territory, your district, um, you need to take matters into your own hands to go ahead and, and kind of um, move forward if there's not laws to reference. Um, and you're kind of taking matters into your own hands anyways by doing all this, and you can and you should. So, you know, Everybody needs to take matters into their own hands for these problems. You just need to do it in an organized way where you're working as a team um but the next question is if there are laws, are they enforced? are these are actually enforceable? because there's a lot of laws on the books to look good, um or that you know certain countries might have say, yes, we have these laws, you know in you know, uh, section b, paragraph five, it says uh, blah blah blah, but that doesn't mean anything you know other than lip service to United Nations or neighboring countries that that don't want to see human trafficking and that they might just say, you know, if there's countries that are really you know, problematic with it, they might just have it on the books just to have it, but um, just to show them that they have it. But, but if nobody's really enforcing it, you know, doesn't, doesn't make any sense. Um, and then, so you'd have to ask yourself what are like either social or cultural or political problems um, in play that stop the laws from being enforced. If there are local laws on the books, even if it's just for lip service, um, but what's stopping? You have to really the you know the crux of the problem is what is stopping those local laws or state laws or federal laws from being um, enforced? And often it can be local uh, people at the lo- at the local or state level. You know, everywhere from you know major business leaders to uh, police groups or or uh, municipal government workers that have some degree of corruption. That if the laws are not being enforced, that that's often what it is. Um if you find and you with the help of your university professors who are focused on this problem already, if the conclusion you come to is that there are no problems with your own local people um uh of your area of your own area getting trapped into human trafficking, um, then you would have to ask, are there other people um uh in transit from other places? Uh, in this, who will pass your area. So uh, in other words, are you an in-between um, place? Because remember, trafficking is, it's about where it starts. It's about where people end up, but it's also where they go in the middle and where, where they travel through. So if you find that it's, you know, people are not ending up in your area, you know, work with your university professors to see, are you even part of a transit route? Um, that's really important. Because that, because honestly, in between countries, that are in between, you know, where it starts and where it ends, uh, where people end up, uh, they can make all the change, right? Anybody at any point in the, along the path could stop it. Um. Another question you need to ask, and this is a, a tricky one, but who stands the most to lose if? slave workers or sex workers or child trafficking in your area came to an end. So if it is a problem in your area uh, and you're part of the path of of where they come from or where they travel through or where they end up, you have to ask yourself, if this problem was to disappear tomorrow, who stands the most to lose? Uh, Because you have to answer that question to see of which of those people, you know, how they can be held most accountable. And, uh, and then the next big question is, are the individuals who have the most to lose actually aware that this is happening? And that's a kind of a fair question that you're stepping back to say, you know, are there individuals that, you know, we've identified they have the most to lose, um, and it would really, you know, crush them, you know, politically or professionally, um, You know, but they are they are they aware to be this is just to say, like, are we being fair to actually assume that they're aware it's going on or there's some degree of corruption or to maybe are there people, you know, to just be fair? Are there people um, who hold positions of power who are who would have the most to lose if something big, you know, um, got exposed um, or stopped the problem? that they would actually be negatively affected. And then, you know, saying, you know, are they aware that this is happening? So the answer is, you know, often, yes, right, because we're not stupid. But that's just giving everybody a chance to just ask, like, are, are the people, you know, who stand something to lose, are they aware of this? Um, and then I think the last one for this piece today, we'll just talk about, um probably uh, one of the most important, which is airport uh, security. And so airport security and even uh, border security, um, this is really, really, uh, th- this is crucial because your the borders are where everything can, it, 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 these, these are final checks, right? The border is the final check. So the border, you know, is the final check for a transit place. The border is a final check for where these people come from, these victims come from. And the border is a final check of where people are getting sent to um, for their, you know, whatever they're being trafficked for. So the border security and it, 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 often airport, but it could be totally, you know, it could be on the water. It could be through, um, you know, by boat. It could be, um could be inside the actual airports, you know for airport screening. It could be um, you know in Latin America, lots of checkpoints that just through the roads, all the um, different major um, roads going through the different countries, connecting countries at borders. So any border checkpoint by land, sea or air, these are your final stopping points um, for checks for uh, screenings. And so it's, again, this will be something that you'll end up wanting to work with your local professors on to ask what are, what is, and, and your local police department or your state police department too, um, for whatever they give us public data for this. But you need to ask, what is the current training protocol for border officials, i.e. local military and or police um, and or immigration officers? What is the current training protocol for screening and detection of human trafficking? So again, everything from child sex trafficking and forced prostitution rings and you know, and women in prostitution rings and um that's really sex trafficking and then, you know, uh, slave labor and all these things. What what is the final um current protocol that they have that they're using for detection of this? Because there's probably room for improvement, right? Um and so that by the way, when you go through and actually try to get a hold of this information, obviously, you know, heads of police or military units are not going to make like every detail known because you don't want to put that out there for bad guys to know about to go ahead and learn to to circumvent and to and to you know bypass. But there should be some general stuff of what they do and how they do it there should be something they give you as general protocols that gives you something to work from maybe not like finite details but there should be something they give you as a generality saying oh yes we have you know this roughly this many people you know um at each border section and they generally uh check like this and and you know they're they're doing xyz so they're not going to give you like in-depth detailed protocol Uh, a lot of that is probably not made public, but that's fine. You probably don't want that made public, um, but they should give you something. Um, you know, they, you know, searched, you know, transported cars or boats, airplanes, um, government, uh, officiated identity checks. Um, so these are, these are really important things they do, you know, checking, you know, um, authentic passports or identity cards that are, you know, water sealed or, um, you know, uh, you know, special emblem marks that can't be counterfeit, counterfeited, you know? So that's really important. You have to know what the training is because you can't talk about improving that until you actually get, um, until you actually get, you know, on record what the general protocol is. Um, yeah. So that's, that's what I would leave that one off, uh, with today. And then we'll get finally to part four or uh tomorrow and um that's getting into the corruption piece which is what i know everyone who is following this (laughs) um was waiting for because lots of people are probably nodding their heads saying yes 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 we already know all this um but you have to go through the basics because you have to cover all that but but i know the big the burning question how do we deal with corruption in our country that is involved with human trafficking and the corruption that often goes hand in hand with it among you know, whatever official groups or persons, and we will hit that one tomorrow. All right, guys. Bye for now.